Welcome to the Grappling We See exactly. Grappling Rewind Podcast. Welcome to this week on the Grappling Rewind Podcast. In this week's show, we're going to recap who's number one, the Knight of Champions, and Polaris 25, the absolute GP. Also, going to talk a little about trials, ADCC uh, North American Trials is happening in two weeks. We're all going to be there, so talk a little bit about that at the end of the show. As always in the show, I'm your host, Maine. It's our co-host. Miranda. Hey, doing, Miranda. Pretty good. How are you? Doing pretty good. It was a, it was a fun weekend of events. Yeah. Uh, a lot of stuff happened on Sunday, so recaps are pretty fresh in our mind, but overall... Uh, fantastic uh, weekend of events. Not a yeah. ton to preview this week, and honestly, not a ton of no- not a ton of news other than um, online. Now we can see all the trials registrants. You could before, and then they disappeared for a minute, and then you could again. Because, but now we can for yeah, U.S. trials because I remember I remember checking it out before, and that's when I noticed certain people were there and certain people weren't there. Yeah, and then I looked again, and I was like, oh, that's fun. It's also been really neat to see, um, like just. With the new weigh-in procedures, because now you can weigh in the day before, not, uh, yeah, the, ni- yeah, the night before the night trials before. to see, because there was a big discussion of, we we know how much weight people cut for trials, and we was like, I think a couple people will move, but probably 95% of people, yeah. or 98% of people won't move. Surprisingly, uh, Dante Leone is not registered, and he said that his next tournament is trials. Why would, didn't he medal? He said he's doing trials. Well, he doesn't have to do trials because he's a he's a medalist. What weight will he do it at? That's a good question. Okay, that's that's a news piece. So, also this weekend, uh, IBGGF Nogi Pans happened. It happened Houston, Texas. In Houston, Texas, and it was phenomenal. There, you know, I think Wardzinski won his division. Junior Costa won his division. Grippo won his fifth, I yep. think. Nogi Pan's title. Uh, oh, you have all the. You why don't you read them off? We'll do that news. We don't. We're not getting a chance to cover Nogi Pan's. Yeah. We might touch on it next week, depending on what's going on pre-trials. Okay. Um, but we have big, big super fights, yeah. paid tournaments, and I like to kind of prioritize the paid tournaments that are paying out athletes over other stuff when we have it. So, so Pan's uh, for men. We'll start at uh, Rooster. John Stapleton won Rooster. I saw that. I was like, wow. He's, he's the guy we've, we've known on the local scene yeah. for a long time. He's yeah. like, he's been he's a black belt for a he's couple years been, now. He's always been quite tiny, and he's been the type yeah. that would take on anybody. So he's always been. Fun he's to the watch. type of guy, and I know him um, because he will frequently register in like tournaments like twice. Yeah, and he'll like do he'll do two super fights on the same card if they let him. Like he yeah. was a guy that was just. Always looking for matches and looking yeah. to be out there and looking like he would f- again. I think on some of the early finishers, he would have two matches yeah. on the card that were separated because, like, hey man, there's another guy. I'll yeah, take him on too. But if you need a match for him, I'll take him too. And yeah. it was always like I always really appreciated how and he had the mohawk for a while. Yeah, I always appreciated like the pace he pushed and how voracious he was in like up and coming yeah. through the belts. He got black belt I think a couple of years ago. So it's really cool to see yeah. him, like a pretty local guy, yep. winning, you know, Nogi Pan's title. So he was Rooster, and then we go Light Feather was Junie. Yep. And then we had uh Feather was Gianni. Yep. Again, like again, there's there's go... one tournament that Grippo consistently wins. It is Nogi Pans. Yeah, that is true. And then Light we had a Carlos Henrique. Yep. Not to be confused with any other Henriques that exist that are much larger. Mm-hmm. And then uh, then we go middle. Middleweight was Oliver Taza. Yep, Taza takes that. I forget who uh, he had. I watched a little bit of one of his matches. I'm getting. I'm catching mostly Instagram highlights yeah. of people's matches. I'm trying to watch. I'm trying to think who I watched him go against. I was really happy this week, actually, for the <laughs> highlights that Flo and IBGF were yeah. posting. I was actually really... They think they were some of the better highlights that they have posted 
for like that coverage of those I events. I took a picture of all the finals matches so I can look and see who he went against. But in the meantime, middle uh, middle heavy was Francisco Lowe. Yep. Who, his matches were freaking wild, all of them. Yeah, he hits. Yeah, there was a, there's a highlight going around of him hitting. We talked about it in our in the grappling rewind chat as well as you and I talked about it on the pre-show. Kiernan Kurchik. That's who. Yeah, Oliver, Kiernan. That's who Oliver Tazza went yep. against. Anyway. Um. But yeah, and here's uh, a B team now. I think. Yeah, he and is. He's been looking he like is. really good. We saw him. I should talk he's to him. Still, it I still talked says, to him this last week about some of the matches at Enigma. Yeah, it still says TLI, but whatever. He's he was always the Canadian TLI guy. Mm-hmm. Um, but Francisco Lowe, yeah, some wild shit. He hit what people are calling a Z lock. What I know is just a leg Kimura. Yeah, um, it's basically it's just one. Of, I forget what match it was in his in his one of his runs. Cause I think he did absolute and he did his division. I think it was a divisional match, but from the guard, was, I think it was a divisional match. If too. you have someone on their knees and you scoop under their shin, but you scoop instead of scooping between their legs, you scoop on the outside, <clears throat> and if you can lift your arm and lift their their shin away. from from them and twist their leg out you can essentially as they're forced to stand on the other leg you can lock your hips on top of their opposite hip and lever against their knee um and it's just a knee exploder yeah it's a it's a leg it looks exactly like uh, a kimura or americana with the arm but you're doing it with this underhook grip on your leg and it's really neat it's uncommon um but it's one of those things that if yeah. you get caught there and you are your somebody who hooks your leg and they have the pressure and able to keep your hips from getting Should away and turning. I don't know who that is. I don't know who that is. I don't recognize the guys doing anyway. it too. But, but anyway, if, somebody in his vision, he did yeah. that too. If you can't lift up and actually limp your leg over yeah. because they're locked in their outside hip, you can't escape it. And basically, you, yeah. you, you have to do some, you have to do a flip basically. And Francisco Lowe prevents that. So, really neat sub. We don't see a whole lot of. Cool to see him hit it yeah. at hands. Cool to see him being able to do sort of twisting leg locks now in the IBJJF. And he beat uh, Jake Couch and Philippe Silva. So yeah, he submitted Couch, like, didn't he? Yeah, it wasn't like he uh, he had an easy division. He, he what did he get? Did he get Couch with a choke or a leg lock? I don't remember. I, I saw the highlight of, of I him. Don't remember. Versus I watched Couch. finals, but I didn't watch. Um, yeah, that was that was. was not I watched a stuff match. of the stuff. Some of the stuff leading up to finals, but I had some friends that were purple belts, and purple belts were going at the same time. So I was watching my friends instead. Um, uh, middle heavy. What do we go to after middle heavy? Warzinski. Heavy. Heavy was won by Warzinski. Yep. He won against uh, Elder Cruz in finals. Yeah, I saw that. I, he, I didn't see the match yet, but I saw the podium. I was like, oh, I gotta watch yeah, that. Yeah, and I, now. I watched the Adam Warzinski uh, Hunter Colvin match. That was fun. Yeah. Um, and then we go super heavy, which was Dante Leon. Yeah. Debuting at super heavyweight. Which so and then Leon made a post. That was, I gave up 40 to 50 pounds on everyone. And I'm like, the, Dante, why you be doing that? Why? Like, you can just, just register at your weight class. I just thought his, uh, his afro weighed 40 pounds. Dude. He has quite the afro. Something else on. on him weighs 40 pounds. <laughs> Man, to gump. Okay, there are plenty. He said, I entered the most stacked division of the tournament to prove I could or something yeah. like that. And I went, I mean, good for you, Dante. He went against Bones at the end. Yeah. It was wild. He beat Devontae Johnson. Yeah. And, like, beat, I yeah. think he beat him on points. He did. He beat him on points. Which was, like... Which is Devante is I was a, listening a to Marillo the whole tank. time. I was like Marillo's voice. And then watching yeah. Dante's hair. It was it was a thing. Dude, I I am again just wildly impressed with Dante. From like the couple of highlights I saw in that yeah. last Bones match, like to go up in a tournament like this, like it's a multi match tournament yeah. like that in one of the stronger divisions that were per well, what Dante said, said one of the stronger divisions. I, I also like the the thing that he did do was he wrestled up. 
Like, he pulled guard every single time. Yeah. And he would wrestle up rather than trying to do wrestling exchanges. Which is what we which saw a lot of. Which is smart because it's less energy. I mean, it's, it's, also, it's a lot of energy, but it's less energy than standing the whole time. If you're also the quicker guy and Leon yeah. is good, he's got good wrestling. If you can jump, jump in on the bigger guy's legs to get them down, they'll fold yeah. over you. Dante, we know Dante has really good wrestle-ups. He's leveraging that yeah. against the bigger guys. It's it's interesting. I don't know why he is in the weight class that he was in, but man, if he can he go and sa- win it, he good said for he him. just. I think he said he just wanted to. Like he was hey. just like he was, he just felt like you know, and that's why I wonder what he is going to then do for um, trials. He is the plus ninety nine. I will. He'll freak, probably he may go to hilarious. I, I somebody but. he's. I, I don't remember if he's moving divisions or not. Yeah, but he's not registered yet. His name doesn't come up. I looked, again, I don't think he's going to do trials. He said he was doing trials. He said a lot of things, but he doesn't. He's going to get an invite. He also he said he. Invite. He also said he wasn't was going to do super heavy, and all of us thought he was bullshitting, and then he fucking and then, won and then the he super. Did. Did. And then yeah. he won. Not only did he do it, then he, he won. won it. Okay, and then after that, we have Roosevelt Su- Souza winning ultra heavy. Yeah, and then we had Pe- uh, Pedro Henrique winning absolute. Mm-hmm. Um, and then ladies, uh, we had Adele uh, Fortinero. Is it mm-hmm. Fortinero? I can never get her last name. Yeah, but Fortinero when, is like yeah, she is won, what we kind of butcher. She won as. Feather. Um, Elizabeth uh, Mitrovic won Mitrovic. Mitrovic. Yeah, won, Liz Mitrovic. Uh, middle heavy, and then the rest were not your normal names for the women's divisions. So nice. We can go from there. Um, but yeah, pants was fun. All the matches are there. Yeah, we'll, we'll get a chance probably yeah. this week to digest them more. And next week, if we have a chance, we'll kind of lead into more of them because I haven't got a chance. I literally, full disclosure, had a chance to watch some of the Instagram highlights but concentrated our time on Polaris and who's number one because, again, I try I have to, no life, so I watched them. You know, I watched my friends at Purple and then I watched all the finals. So that's why you're great on the podcast you know, because like then, you, you watch more than I then do I watched there's all nobody of, else that does. And then I watched all of freaking uh, Polaris who's number, who's number one. Who's number one. I watched Polaris Saturday night because I still have no life. I watched it. <laughs> I watched it Saturday morning. I actually watched it was live. You watched it live. It was I, great. I watched it after refing 30-something matches. Nice. Yep, so Good times, good times. Uh, what do you want to move on? Do you want to go into Polaris? Do you want to go into 1FC? Do you want to go into who's number one? Let's do 1FC because it's one match and yep. we, can cr- we can cross it off our Daniel list. Kelly takes the Atomweight title for 1FC, which is, oh, it's Atomweight, so it's 115. Yeah. So it's 115. She went against Jessica Khan, and you and I watched this match right before the yeah. pre-show again, and the biggest takeaway that we both had was that Daniel Kelly knew how to use the cage yeah. and it seemed like Khan and even in Khan's interviews talked about like she had not done a lot of cage yeah. work leading up into this match and it seems like Daniel Kelly went cool then that is where I'm going to put yeah. this match a hundred percent of the time Khan had some great moments she almost gets Daniel Kelly yeah. back she sort of starts to get ready to choke gets a squeeze but Kelly does a really good job of like getting out just enough where uh, Khan and then, can never get and then pushing Khan against the walls or against yeah. the cage so she can't she can't really turn and she can get back well, up. It's a really classic MMA defense. Yeah. That, like you and I have both done wall work over the years. Not not as much nowadays, but we've done I it. I haven't done it in a while. I always joke around about taking a super fight in the cage, but I, I need the time to actually, because I'm not doing a cage match without. Ah, they're fun. I like, I like well, I want the cage. the cage work first yeah. because I want to remember well, it's a, it's what a whole I should different, do. It's yeah. a whole different thing. Because you can you throw don't people do off the cage, which mm-hmm. is hilarious. But it was interesting here because we saw Danielle Kelly uh, for her back for her back escape when Jessica Khan was on her back. Yeah. She kind of rolls her off the cage and uses the cage as a scrape, which is a very, very common technique in MMA. Yeah. But if you don't 
do a lot of cage work, it's very well, foreign because something thing, gets in the way. The one thing we saw that we probably have never seen in MMA before is Jessica jump onto Dan, like jump guard. I mean, we then, saw Vinny Magalhaes do it in PFL. And then hold him against the cage like that? We've seen it. We've seen it? Uh-huh. You've seen guys get power off on the cage. It's like, it, it happens. I, don't, I guess from the back, normally you see it. You see people on people's backs are then held into the cage. But have you ever seen anybody jump guard? Yeah. In the yes. See, okay, maybe I, I saw the UFC maybe a couple not, years ago. Maybe I'm not watching the right matches. We don't, I, I think we both watch a little less MMA than we used to. Yeah, I used uh, to watch. Because now we watch this. And I also, when I watch MMA, I, I am picky and choosy on what I watch. I like that slap. I'll watch anything. So <laughs> I, it was, I just thought it was really... I was very, very impressed with um, Daniel Kelly's ability to use the cage throughout this match. And then yeah. she, Khan doesn't get a catch. So in, in 1FC, they score the entire the match and they scored on who has the most and best catches or like close submissions. They didn't give Khan a catch for the back take with the combination of sort of the face rear naked choke attempt. Um, and they gave... Daniel Kelly, an attempt on a toehold, which I think it was valid. It yeah. wasn't a super strong toehold, but she started working towards that finish, and she was able to control the vast majority of the match other than that one brief stint where she got her shoulders and was able to get out of the back take that Jessica Khan was working. I thought it was a very close match, but I do think it's, you know, I think it's the correct decision yeah. giving it to Kelly, again, with the with the dominance and kind of control yeah. that she had throughout the match. I think so, too. But very happy to see 1FC showcasing uh, women's strawweights or women's atom weights for yep. if they're going to talk about it as the 1FC weight classes. Um, and I'm super curious who we're going to see Daniel Kelly take on next. Uh, I did a seminar with her out in Colorado when she was there for 1FC in Colorado and learned a bunch of stuff from her. My wife and I both actually took some really cool pieces and parts away from the seminar that she taught up at Troy, Troy Everett's gym, uh, Night Pigeon, Novamente. Um, and it was a great seminar, and so uh, cool to see her take that title now. I'm curious yeah. who she's going to defend it against. Anything else on 1FC? Nope, that's it. Um, let's see. What do you want to do, Polaris or, or uh, who's number one? Polaris. Let's start with Polaris. It was on Saturday. Uh, this was a hell of a GP. Uh, I'm going to start off the recap of Polaris with one thing. Uh, Fabrizio Andre, man, he is one of my favorite dudes after this weekend. Yeah, he's... He's not only ballsy, he has to be strong as fuck. Dude, he's okay. So like, you said he's he weighed in at 77 kilos. 77 so kilos. Every, 170, 169. Everybody pounds. else is in the late 80s, early 90 kilos. I think the second smallest guy. I mean, you probably had. Okay, here. No, I, I'll tell you because I have all the. Oh, you have the weights? I have the weights. I didn't write down the weights. I wrote them down because I was curious. So we have Fabricio was 77, Owen was 93. These are all kilos, by the way. Yeah. Isaac was 87, Jimenez was 88, Marcin was 99, Giancarlo was 95, uh, Kynan was 99, and Jason Rao was 97. So the second smallest is Isaac Michelle, and he's not a small man. How big was Michelle again? 87. So yeah. he's 10. So 10 kilos. Yeah, there 11 10 pounds kilos. was your closest guy. <laughs> um, and Isaac is smaller than the other field by yeah. 10 kilos. So you're yeah. 22 pounds. Um, you're, tw you're 22 kilos smaller than Duarte, who, spoiler, he faces in the finals. Yeah. Um, dude, Fabricio, like, we know he's ballsy. We saw him do absolute ADCC. Yeah. His first match was Victor Hugo. He also Hugo has to be strong him. as fuck. Dude. Like, there has to be some strength. Like, for to be able to do some of the things he did, I know there's a lot of, 
like if you get in the right place, you can kind of get like good technique, good but leverage, there's also, and good. But there's also you gotta have some strength to you to be able to do some of that shit. He tries and succeeds at uchimadaing, uchimada. That's a weird word to put a preposition on. Uh, Owen Livesey, yeah, Giancarlo Bodoni, and Kind of Duarte. Yes, and the, the I'm like the, I'm the sorry. The Kind of one, if you don't see the 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 picture of it, it's wild because he has him fully. He up has him up. In, yeah. I mean, that's how he scores on Bodoni. So even though he doesn't win, uh, he is the guy walking away from this that everyone is astonished at his performance. He also has a crazy ability to bounce. Yeah. Let's talk about the Owen match. That's where The only other person I know that can do that is Greg Fisher. If you've ever rolled yeah. with Greg Fisher, local uh, local local MMA, MMA fighter, guy, when you been ro- the twenty five pound one twenty five champion at Shogun for a long time. Yeah, when you when you grab him and he hits the mat, his hips just bounce off the mat yeah. and he comes back at you. He's the only person I've ever met that's like that. It's freaking wild. Mm-hmm. And, and, and again, horrible. Fabricio here is thirty pounds bigger yeah. than Fisher. Oh yeah, and it's it's. I am astonished what Fabricio Andre can do. We when we saw him in the open. For the GP, I went, ah, I love him. I just don't think he's going to move past because, like, the size would be too big of a factor. Because he's a guy that cuts the 66 kilos yeah. for his trials and for, like, the divisions that he does. A lot of times guys can go up, like, they'll go up 10 kilos or yeah. something like that, and they'll be bigger. But Fabricio looked like he is also 15 pounds, 20 pounds yeah. stronger he as also, well. He also didn't do the full power-up that he did at that one tournament where I swore he like pulled his leg by doing it. Yeah. <laughs> he does he does the charge up. Yeah, but he didn't do he doesn't do it as high as he once did. Look, he's one seventy now. I you, know. Gotta, you gotta make compromises. <laughs> um so let's talk about him. He in the first round he takes on I think by the way, this is exactly how it bracketed this tournament. Player staff did a great job yeah. in determining like well, this they is also how it said be certain people asked for certain people. That's why certain this is this is down. how it should have been bracketed. Yeah. I would. This is how I wanted to see it. I love when a bracket ends up like. Yep, that makes sense for everything. Fabricio takes on Owen Livesey in the first round, and the commentary and like both you and yeah. I were watching it. Owen has great. We've talked about him for a couple of years yeah. now at this point. Great wrestling, great judo, um, but is used to facing bigger guys. Yeah, and I think what threw him off the most here was. Whenever he would start to get going or start to throw or foot yeah. sweep Fabricio, Fabricio would potentially go down, but, potentially get taken but over. Saw, but we saw it also in his last match where he... Chris Weidman. No. Uh, Nicky Rod. The Nicky Rod match. That he he foot swept on, on But then he, does, he doesn't land it, which is the one thing yeah. they always like... In jiu-jitsu, what I was always told was when you do your takedowns, you land your you takedowns. You have to follow. Because if not, then your brain doesn't do that when you compete. Right. And so I feel like he just doesn't follow his takedowns. Yeah, it was... And I don't know why. I don't know if it's a thing where you don't follow him because if, if it doesn't work, then you're on the bottom and you're fucked. I don't know. It could be a holdover from judo. Yeah. Because he was zip-bunning. He's taking guys down. Like, yeah. he's scoring those. And he there's not a need as much yeah. to follow the guys. And so it's, we're, we've, it's a thing that we've seen from Owen kind of at this point somewhat consistently yeah. where he can get a lot of guys down yeah. like really really top level world level guys down but he tends to not follow and cover yeah. and that's what I think there were two or three different scoring exchanges yeah. here that potentially would have scored for him had he been able to keep Fabricio down but to Fabricio's credit like we talked about a minute ago 
he's immediately popping up. He's immediately getting his hips up. And he's also he really he's out. also getting counters. Like he goes to Uchi and it's yes. like he hergoshi's off in Uchi and does all kinds of other mm-hmm. crazy wild shit. Yeah, it's crazy that Horisu was willing to like Uchi Mata counter Owen Livesey, who we know is like twenty thirteen Commonwealth yeah. Judo champion, like been a long standing judo champion. It's wild to have that we, I've seen videos on Instagram and other training videos of Fabricio like in the gym doing actual judo, like yeah. real, like not like jujitsu judo, but actual like, oh, that is a technique that you are doing that is a judo technique. Like yeah. you're stepping there. They, when well, you look after at judo, the match, the after the matches, he was like, hey, Owen, we need to do judo sometime. And I was like, oh, I don't know. If I, I don't know. Watch the hell out of that. <laughs> Or even train together, like the, yeah. Is, do you need for do you need Fabricio to be even stronger? Yes. <laughs> look, look, make the make the one forty fivers like make him king. I want to see a one forty five pound guy once win an absolute at like a big level because he he showed me Didn't that Kai he Tara could do it. Win it back in the day. He won. Bruno Mafasin did, and Kai did, but they neither of them won a like a major like a oh, like okay. a. I don't think they ever won a. I could be wrong here. And if I am, someone correct me if you would. I want to say he did. I want to say Kai. He won opens, but he didn't. I don't think he won, like a world know. level major. Okay, let me look at that. You're gonna get sidetracked. I will, but in, I will stay. In, I'll, just I'll, keep, I'll just finish on, on the match. Just then. keep on talking to me. I was really, really impressed with Farisha's just ability to continually be far enough out of range that Owen could never cover him. So in Polaris, everything scores one point, which I think, um, for the type of matches that they have, I think it's perfectly fine. Uh, you're not. It is also, I think, from an audience perspective, easier because everything is worth one point. Like, yeah. you take the guy down, you sit him down for three seconds, it's a point. You get around his legs, it's a point. You mount him, it's a point. You take his back, it's a point. I think it, it when you have, like, low-scoring matches, where I think every one of these matches, the only match that was... Um, okay, so you were slightly off. He wants, so he once took first place at... Um... Well, IBJJF American Nationals, that maybe. What year? What year? 2011. Yeah, so 10 years ago when American Nationals was not what it was 2013 uh, European Nogi Open. 2011. European Open? Yeah. European Championships? They open. Nogi Open. Nogi, okay. It says Nogi Open. 10 years ago. Uh, 2010, 2011, and 2012 uh, Las Vegas. Opens. Open. Yeah. British Nationals, 2015. Okay. British Nationals Nogi 2015. Okay. So, Eight yeah. years ago. No, no super. Well, he hasn't been competing in a while. And he's I mean, been retired for. He's, he's of, been retired he's kind for. Of broken. Probably what? Six years. He just, had, years? He just had hip surgery yeah. when I saw him. So. I mean. Yeah. So I was wrong. So, it happens. Yeah. Um, but I'm happy you called me out on it. That was that was good. I thought so. I thought he had he had done a Look, lot. I was of wrong. Shit. I assume that little guys can't win opens because they don't typically do. But he proves me wrong. He's he. He's an interesting little dude. Mm-hmm. He is. He's still bigger than me, though. <laughs> I was just impressed with Fabricio's ability to continue to get out. Um, Owen was unable to score. Fabricio is able to counter Uchimata and score on Owen Livesey, and that's how he scores his one point. In Polaris, it's just single points. You have mostly low-scoring matches because these guys are top-level, yeah. and you're going to have low-scoring matches with top-level guys. I like so I the think fact they're all one point, too, because I also, feel like it creates more action. It also doesn't matter. Like, it's two points versus two yeah. points. It's like versus Polaris, it's all one point. Yeah. You're, usually, you're not going to have ever th- more than, I think, the highest-scoring match here is three. is three points. And yeah. I, don't think, I don't think Michelle even scored there. Three points. Yeah. 
where it's like that's your highest scoring match of the tournament, you don't need to have multiple different point values when you're scoring three points total. Yeah. I, I think it makes it easier to watch. For Polaris, it works really, really well, and I love that they have made that switch for these kind of super fight GPs. I don't think it always works, but I think Polaris, it works very well. So Fabricio moves on. That was the first match of the 170-pound tournament. I like your open weight tournament. I like your misspellings because I can still read it and understand what it means. Yeah, I'm a phonetic misspeller. Yeah, um, but it works because yeah. I can read it. I'm like Sith. Oh, I know what that means. Mm-hmm. Because I don't. I because I look. What I'm doing is I can't. I can't type for. I use. This is a behind the scenes. I use like four or five different computers on a daily basis. Yeah, that all. You have, also use a weird keyboard. That also, I have my work computer, my work laptop. I have a computer upstairs with a different keyboard. I have the main computer, and I have a laptop down here that we do the podcast for. Jeez, all have different keyboards. Many. Way too many. And so I have. I've not learned all of the keyboards right. And so I look at the screen. I'm taking notes, and I just type. Yeah. And I can get close enough, and so that's what my notes look yeah. look like they do. Isaac versus Roberto, Isaac Michelle versus Roberto Jimenez. This is a match I was really, really excited for. Um, Isaac beats him in wrestling. Yeah. Like, that's that's the... It is. I was, we've seen Roberto come out and be able to wrestle really aggressively, but Isaac, I think, it wasn't even a size thing. It was just Isaac was no. more tenacious, which is wild to see versus Jimenez. Because yeah. Jimenez, that's one of the characteristics when he does very well is that he is just tenacious he is on you consistently and he is yeah. sort of like an unstoppable an unrelenting force much like andrew tackett this weekend he had, he had a little bit of that but he didn't have the normal crazy it seemed yeah he seemed a little less crazy than normal he didn't he didn't look like brazilian trials yeah brazilian he's trials, like rubbing like, his hands yeah, into he the looks mat. like some and he's like like it's, he's it's ready a weird, to go. It's a yeah. crazy. It's it's great. It's an it's, intensity yeah. that we love to see because that when he looks like that man, he brings you an know, intensity shit's to about that match. To real, yeah. Um, but in the Isaac match, it seems like Isaac takes kind of the initiative early in the match, yeah. And then he hits a pretty early duck under, and, and the, then drags him down to the mat, and yeah. then settles him, and then spends what a minute or two, sort of like inside control, just pressuring him, pressuring him, pressuring him. Um, and then there's a second score for Michelle, which is just. Isaac hitting a trip and then sort of running Roberto over with a front yeah. headlock and then getting him down. And that that's both the scores. Yeah. It was majority of the matches on the feet or Michelle on top. And then Roberto pulls at one point and is trying to get to the legs. But Michelle is which I mean, does, a very it, good leg locker is, is also good that we that's a new Roberto thing. Yeah. Because he was never like that before. Well, we've seen him sub like like. I'm gonna say lesser guys, yeah. with like, but not the guys of the caliber of Michelle. Like he just, it's always been a big weak point in Roberto's yeah. game, and it seems like if he's willing to enter into the legs on a guy like Isaac Michelle, who is one of the top leg lockers in the sport, well, like he's on that echelon. So when he was when he was talking and doing like his little Q and A at uh, you did a seminar at Unity, like two weeks ago. yeah, at Unity, he did. Um, somebody to ask him like, "Hey, if I go against a leg locker and I don't know anything about legs, what do I do?" And he was like, you learn legs. So, hmm. yeah, he seems to be uh, about the legs now. That's good. I mean, he, but, yeah. for, to see but he, also, he also said a, a couple other things like you just go out. You, you don't tap to chokes. He you said just, some MMA stuff, which just, I love to hear. You just, you just go out. You don't tap to chokes. You just go out. Yeah, you like, just go yeah, out. Roberto, He's like, correct. it can only be a few seconds. You'll be fine. <laughs> I love it. He's, like, he's, a world, he's a world-class competitor. Yeah. Um, again, I was, I was just so impressed with isaac michelle's wrestling here because jimenez is a guy that is historically really hard to get a hold of and for him to be able to two separate times yeah. be able to get him down and score on him 
just ex- was extremely impressive to me. Um, Isaac is at Brazilian Fight Factory. He's at some other place. They had a slash. It's, it's Vanguard, which is Jason, okay. which is Jason Rao. Yeah, that yeah. makes sense. They're good. They're yeah. very good. So I, I I love to see the new fold of Jimenez's game, willing to go into legs with Michelle and like. Michelle was also going after his legs a little bit too. Like, looked to be maintaining yeah. position so that he wouldn't get scored on, but like, he was able to stop Michelle's leg lock def- offense, which was, again, something we've always been a little concerned about Jimenez because he has been kind of repeatedly heel hooked by guys of the caliber yeah. of Michelle. So, to have him be able to not get heel hooked and be willing to enter the legs himself is a great improvement. And it's, oh, I'm just curious to see how he continues to develop that part of his game. Michelle moves on two to no, two yep. to zero. Yep. Next match, we had Giancarlo Bodoni. You said his name a little bit differently than I did because well, you pronounced it correctly. Marson. Marson. Marson Makalowicz. It's a. It's Polish. It's Polish, and I I couldn't. Marson. Yeah, Marson. He is our Polaris Trials champion. Mm-hmm. Which again, I love. We talked about it. Yeah. A while ago, like I love when events Marcin hold trials Lewitz? because guys that guys that have come onto our radar from winning trials. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Is Marcin. Keith Kikorian won the early um, 10th Planet qualifier yeah. for uh, EBI. Pedro Mourinho won one of the early Kasai qualifiers. Junior Casio won one of the Kasai qualifiers. Like people that can win these qualifiers as like color belts and like up and comers go on to typically be pretty. It's not look, look at the Iron Brown Belt series that Copa, um, not Copa, uh, Copa, not Copa Elite. Um, Copapodia yeah. did years ago. Like, you get Mergali, you get Herbersantos, you get Duarte in that. Like, those guys that are winning those tournaments against either black belts or at the color belts are the guys that we're going to see on the level. So I love that Polaris is putting in their trials winner into this event, giving the yeah. opportunity to go against a guy like Giancarlo Bodoni, the current, you know, under 88 kilo champion of ADCC. Um, mm, is he 88? Yeah, he yeah, is. Because he went against, he went against Ferrante. Because it's, it's, it's um he went against Ferrante. That's how I figured that out. Yeah, Ferrante was eighty eight because you coached. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I had to coach against Gordon. That was a that was a fun day of trials. Um, but he weighed in at ninety five. Yeah, kilos. again, I think he's still probably going to make the cut to eighty eight. Like, yeah. Bodoni's been looking a little bigger, but he's the champion. He doesn't have to do any trials. He's going to go into the World Championships. Yeah, yeah. I think he's going to go in comfortably at eighty eight again. Um, and so this but was he can weigh in the day before, so it doesn't matter. Not for trial. Not for World Championships. Just for trials. Just for trials. Just for trials. Oh, okay. Um, Bodoni hits a really nice duck under back take. Marcin yeah. sits and tries to like flatten to stop it, but yeah. Bodoni is sort of a step ahead of him. He gets to the back. He gets eventually in a top passing position, like really similar to what we see from Gordon. We're going to talk about Gordon a little later yeah. um, in his match. But that new wave, a lot of those guys pass in the exact same way. Bodoni is in that low sort of stack, not stack passing, um, low hips up passing yeah. and kind of leaning over top of Marcin and then Marcin goes to turtle and then Bodoni takes the back and then gets the body triangle and gets a Renica choke finish. Yep. I, I love that the camera has both of their faces and Marcin gets his back taken and like in a pretty neat yeah, and sequence kinda and kind of goes kind of goes hmm, and commentary goes yeah I thought that was good too. Yeah. It, but it was it was a nice little moment of you're, you're watching a guy up and coming yeah. versus one of the best in the world like get that feeling get that feel okay this is what this is like this is the top level that was a really cool sequence i'm gonna learn from this sequence and like i'm not gonna probably win the match because he's on my back now and he's one of the best in the world but you saw him go hmm, that was a cool 
that was a cool sequence and I'm going to learn from that sequence. So Bodoni moves on. Um, I want, again, I want to see more from Marcin. I love guys that, I love events that have qualifiers and I love that he is in this, even if he doesn't move on. Yep. Last match in the first round of the GP, we had Kynan Duarte versus Jason Rao. Allegedly, Jason Rao asked for him. I would ask for Kynan too. Yeah. I mean, that's like, how I mean, often do you get a the, shot? It's the big dog, right? Yeah. How often do you get a shot at the under 99 kilogram yeah. champion who sometimes even possibly has issues with leg locks from now and again? And Jason you Rao are is a, a beast. phenomenal red leg locker. Yeah. Like Jason, Jason Rao is the guy that everyone talks about. He's your favorite grappler's favorite grappler. Yeah. Where it's like, oh, you yeah. like a grappler? They probably like Jason Rao. Yeah. Jason Rao is probably their favorite grappler. So it's I awesome did a seminar him. with him at Vault. Did you? Yeah. A couple, a couple months ago. I'm actually passing. I've never he's, seen a seminar with Rao. He's a lot bigger than I expected. Yeah, he's a big dude. He really explains everything very well. Yeah. Everyone points to him being a really great coach. Yeah. But again, I, I think this is a really I good ref, matchup for I Rao. I ref a bunch of his people, like his white and blue belts yeah. for HCS all the time. Hmm. And they're good. I mean, they're all very, very solid. Yeah. Everyone, Rao's a guy that people will come to frequently and like pass through Rao's gym to like, because he will tighten up things yeah. in your game, even at the world stage. So it's cool to see him go against Kynan. I think stylistically, that's a matchup that if Rao is going to punch up to a guy like um, Kynan, like yeah. Kynan's the guy to do it because Kynan historically has had kind of some issues with the leg locks. If you're ever going to, if Kynan's ever going to take a big loss yeah. or an upset loss, it is usually by leg lock. Um, unfortunately, Kynan immediately shoots. shoots. And this kind of is the flavor of the whole tournament for Kynan. He, well, I guess it's an early one. If you're gonna, if they're yes. gonna pull anyway, that if you shoot it fast enough, you're gonna take them down. It takes them instantaneously. Yeah. But it was just such an interesting thing. Like we, Kynan's not a slow starter, but he is not a quick starter usually. Yeah, In we haven't seen him do this. Almost all his matches, he does something either a wrestle up or a shot and scores one point immediately. Yeah. It was just a really interesting kind of strategy that we haven't seen Kynan implement before. In these sort of matches, he takes somebody, Rao down. Somebody made the comment that um, an IBJJF thing is the first to score normally wins the match. Yeah. And that's been long-standing. So, yeah. We've talked about that on the show for years and years and years. Somebody did an analysis years ago, and it came out that was like, yeah, they, they win, I think it's 70, or yeah, in some cases, a, 90, depending on the yeah, tournament, it's a ridiculous 90% of the time. Yeah. Like, you want to score first because you get in the driver's seat. Um, I actually talked to Orlando Sanchez, you know, rest in peace, and he was talking about... Um, in the Nikki, when I was doing media for ADCC 2019, that Nikki Rod got in front of him pace wise yeah. and he could never take the initiative back. And like that has always stuck with me a ton. I think it's also an interview that Flo did as well. Um, and that's like, that goes back to that I have to be first, I have to score first. Duarte scored first every match here. Yeah. Um, and then just, again, gets in that same passing position. I, I was. I thought it was interesting how Kynan decided to pass Rao because Rao is so good underneath and getting into the legs and getting like getting you to overcommit so that he can get into your legs to get to the heel hooks and the knee bars. Yeah. Kind of much like Oliver Taza does. Like those guys have very similar they 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 look for a different collection of techniques. Yeah. But how they like to get there is very similar where they're going to get you to overcommit over top yeah. of them and they're going to lever and roll you over. 
Kynan never lets Rao get underneath him. And he's super diligent in like framing him out with either his knees yeah. or his hands and keeping his body low to prevent Rao from ever being able to like get under him while still putting good pressure into the top of Rao's knees yeah. so that he kind of keeps him in position. Um, eventually, he's able to pass. He goes to mount. I thought he was going to go smother here for a second because that's sort of coming into yeah. favor. Um, but he slides off for the head and arm. He lets Rao put his arm over and then he's able to get the head and arm from mount. Yep. Um, and that was it. Any other kind of pieces on the match? Nope. I, I was, again, I'm just really impressed with, I mean, it's kind of Duarte. You, you're yeah. always impressed with him. But just the change of pace and the willingness yeah. to, like, be so, not present in his guard, um, just to fight so diligently in that range. Well, and he's then also, pressure and he's also not, I, I won't say that he's stally, but he wasn't stally at all. Mm-mm. Like, he kept moving. Where I feel like sometimes in his other matches, he'll get a little stally. Craig Jones, ADCC, 2022? Well, yeah. That that match? That match. But that, that match a lot where he almost, got, <laughs> he almost lost he the lost world title on stalling calls? Stalling, yeah. Like, he gets stally, and this was, yeah. no, there was no stally about him this time. No. I, I think he's also, like, he tactically knows that if you give Rao I mean, enough ta- time, Rao can yeah. throw hard stuff at you. So I want to kind of, I want to kind of dominate and put positions down yeah. on Rao because he's not a guy that I, he's a guy that can flash sub and kind of is vulnerable to flash leg lock subs. So Rao is definitely the guy that I want to avoid that the most, probably this whole tournament. He's like, that's the guy I want to avoid doing that. So I'm going to really make sure I control him the entire time very diligently. And then speaking of that, one of the finals matches, and I forget which one. Pans. Pans. There was a girl who uh, was in another girl's guard and it was at the very end. And so she just like basically balled up and didn't do anything. And the girl on bottom was literally like unlocked her guard and was like flailing her arms. Yeah, I saw that. I saw that. And she was like, and I mean, they they put two... um, Penalties. penalties on the other girl but the other girl still won because she's yep. still ahead in points we saw him but it was do that but it was worlds. hilarious i was like she just went all out like i'm gonna wiggle not yep. to, you know yeah, you're gonna show that your guards open and willing yeah. to pass uh I, we saw him we met you do that a couple years ago Did she? in the world not she she was in the guard and she body triangled in the guard to yeah. hold the guard oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah it's, it was the same now. thing it's like yeah. i'm stalling up on points like well, I'm and gonna, the I'll thing is, the your first, if you have enough, if you don't have a lot of time, your first one doesn't mean anything. Your second mm-hmm. one's only an advantage. Mm-hmm. So you can eat two penalties. Yeah, and you can eat at least 30 seconds, yeah. if not more, for yeah. the way IBGF does it. But yeah, you play to the tactics of your rules. Yeah. Um, but anyway, that was funny. Anyway. So then we move on. Uh, quick, quick aside, because it's in my notes here. Uh, Rosa Walsh made her black belt debut against Stephanie Evans, and she gets a nice Kanye Basami, that scissor leg takedown entry. But instead of going heel hook, she goes under for the knee bar. A really, really cool finish. She also gets, uh, I think, a thousand bucks for um, submission of the night. Oh, yeah. I heard something. And like that was too. awesome to see. It's cool to see, like, it's cool to see her making her black belt debut, getting her black belt, I think, uh, a week or two ago from Fionn Davis, yeah. sometimes in September. And then we've seen her, you know, on Grapple Fest and a bunch of other UK cards and even over here in the US. Um, really cool to see her get a cool sub, uh, like that, like a Kanye Basami knee bar at your black belt debut. Yeah. So shout out to her. That's really cool. I love, like, I love those highlights. I also love that Polaris pays for, you know, some of the undercard matches when they have great subs like that. So, moving on to the next round of the tournament, we had Fabricio Andre versus Giancarlo. And this is when I thought, okay, well, Fabricio looked great versus Owen, but he's going to run against Giancarlo Bodoni. Yeah. Under 88 kilogram champion for ADCC. Your guy is dork. He's been at, 40, at 45 kilo, or pounds, 166 66 kilos. 
John Prowler is probably going to be too much. And I was wrong. Yep. And it was an awesome day to be wrong. This is in my notes. Uh, this is one of my contenders for match of the year. I don't know if it's because of the context. Um, again, it's hard to like say things are going to be in contenders for match of the year so close to watching them. Like, it was yesterday for me. Yeah. Um, but I enjoyed the hell out of this match. Well, it wasn't yesterday. It was two days ago. This is Polaris. Saturday. It was Saturday. You watched all it the Saturday. days. All the days go together. All your bit. days are blank. Yeah, I had to work yesterday, so that's why I work uh, on a Sunday. So it you got confusing. Um, this match was great. It was Fabricio just being hard to deal with. Bodoni looks great yeah. here. Bodoni at one point hard to control, hard yeah. to hold down. In Bodoni couldn't could not control him for extended periods of time that would score. Bodoni hits a really really nice. Uh, transition armbar off of Fabricio's turtle. He tries to turn it into a triangle. Uh, I was like, ooh, this is all she wrote. Fabricio's going to get submitted. And then Fabricio goes, not today. Passes the arm, passes out of the triangle, and then immediately like, is looking to stand up and get out of it. So Bodoni doesn't score that and does, isn't able to submit him. At one point, I think this is maybe the coolest sequence of this match for me, was Giancarlo is... On the ground, he gets up with a single leg on Fabricio. And he sort of is standing up with it, and he's sort of looking for how he wants to take Fabricio down. He's looking to make sure they're established yeah. to standing, and then if he takes him down, he'll get he'll score. Yeah. Either the sweep or the takedown, depending on how you want to view it, depending on exactly where he is. And then Fabricio goes, hmm, you're standing kind of close to me. Uh, I have a wizard here. Yeah. And Fabricio, because he's super flexible and very quick, he reaches down while having one leg up in the single leg, and he cross side ankle picks Bodoni. Then I, I watched it, and I caught it like on yeah. the third or fourth replay watching this. Fabricio goes from having the overhook wizard to going and passing his hand over to basically club Bodoni's head yeah. in order to take him down and, fi- and finish this cross side ankle pick. It's a really nice combination oh, of him okay. both reaching I see what you say. and him coming up. Yeah, over. because normally for the ankle pick, if it's an if you do an Uchi to an ankle pick, you need an underhook for your Uchi. Yeah. So that you can kind of like chuck the shoulder by yes. as you ankle pick. You can do it from an overhook too. Like you I can do it I from over- a ton from I, an overhook. I do my Uchis from underhooks because I'm yeah. a weirdo. Because like you're supposed to. Well, you're supposed to do it from underhook. I don't I know. Do Everybody overhook. I know does them from overhooks. Everyone else does it as a counter throw. Like, and Farisha does a lot here, but yeah. it was cool to see him instead of going for Uchimata because Bodoni had good control of the leg here. And I don't know if they consider takedown in the. They, it's it's ill-advised to do it in the spot with where Bodoni had his leg. It was really cool to see Fabricio like take Bodoni down. Bodoni, yeah. to his credit, immediately pops up. But then Fabricio has the single leg on Bodoni. Yeah. I was like, oh, that was a role reversal. And then he kicks out Bodoni's leg as he jumps. Very similar to what we saw uh, Hanky Julissa yeah. hit on Big Dan a couple weeks ago. The same exact take on that single leg. They jump, you kick, they fall. Bodoni's able to almost get up and then... They have, they have a bit of a scramble, and then there's no score. Yeah. But it was wild to see, basically, Fabrizio be willing to counter. I didn't just try to get out of the single leg. Yeah. But be try, like actually looking to counter and score his own points off of this kind of Bodoni taking a little long in the single leg here to yeah. set up the single leg he was looking to do. Um, the counter is wild. That's not even – there's still no score at this point. There's still no, sc- no score no, in the match is, between either was, of these guys. There was a score – um, one of no, uh, that was later. The Uchimata, the oh, it was only this is a one-zero match. Uh, Fabrizio and, Andre gets an Uchi from yep. the wizard, but that's later. Yeah, that was the that yeah. was a different time because Bodoni's playing up 
um, from the wrestle up again, yeah. and they're on their knees, and Fabricio Uchimata's him over. You would think you would think after seeing him Uchimata people, you wouldn't give him another Uchimata. I, I think guys like. It's part of the way people wrestle up. They wrestle yeah. up kind of half to back. And most people don't have the confidence in the Uchimata to be able to throw you there. Yeah. Like, so you can commit your weight kind of to their leg because you have to actually do a really legitimate, like, judo style, yeah. really good Uchimata, or else you just get crushed over and you get landed True. on. Most guys, it's not a technique that you see a ton. Yeah. Um, I spent a, a fucking year doing the Uchimata and Nogi. To like have it be serviceable as a tool so it's really cool to see fabricio as a smaller guy be throwing it i'm like yes there wasn't i didn't waste that year of training <laughs> learning how to do that technique um but he's able to get on top of bodoni uh off that wrestle up or sorry bodoni wrestle ups fabricio hits the counter ichimata and then is able to settle over top of bodoni's hips because he lands over top of him yeah. and bodoni can't scramble out and make enough space, so he scores the one, and Fabrizio Andre beats Giancarlo Bodoni in I think what is the biggest upset of the tournament. Yeah, like by far. I like so. I don't, I didn't expect these guys meet again. I would not expect Fabrizio. Uh, I don't know. the The finals match might be the biggest upset. You think? Uh, oh no, 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 <laughs> no. Okay, my bad, my bad. I looked at it wrong. I was like, no, okay. You read them in reverse. I read them in reverse. And then I realized how fucked up I uh, I messed up that one. Uh, next one we had Cannon Duarte versus Isaac Michelle. Um, Duarte pulls and then hits a tilt sweep on Isaac yeah. Michelle. Again, a really quick score. Um, and then goes uh, front headlock to score on Isaac Michelle. He just holds him down. Yeah. And this is really like Duarte continuing to pressure and take down yeah. Isaac Michelle. And it, it played out kind of similar to the Rao match where he's kind of over top of Michelle and like yeah. controlling him and not letting him work. Yeah. There was a couple passes and you and I were both kind of curious um, because Duarte went from being up one to up three. for that initial take, that initial sequence to being up three. I think it was passes. Yeah. Because we, he passed his guard a few times. I yeah. Think. We, and we couldn't quite tell with where the feet were like yeah. we're two or three to zero. Like again, Isaac Michelle doesn't, doesn't score yeah. here, but we were just, we weren't Isaac exactly Michelle certain. does score at the end. Well, so we have, we have he some does. notes that he has so one. He does. Cause Isaac Michelle gets a single. Um, oh, you're right. One hand yeah. towards the ends and, kind of grabs his head and that's i think how that yeah how it ends is like him getting his head out or something like mm -hmm. that because but, again duarte knows he's up points so yeah, he so, he did, did, so tactically you'll take the takedown to yeah. put the match in a more conservative position long term but duarte takes that uh on points uh we move into after that we have the uh, let's talk about that after uh let's move on to the finals which is fabricio versus kynan um this was very funny because Kind of Duarte does the IBGGF yeah. make your hand grips and sit, which in Polaris I don't think you have to do. I don't know about that. Do you have to make grips? I don't know. I've been watching too many tournaments over the weekend. Yeah, I don't it, know. it gets a little blurry, um, and they all kind of laugh. And then immediately, Kynan like sits up into Fabricio and like takes him down. But he does like the blast double. Yeah, wrestle, well, wrestle up blast yeah. double, and it was. V I think it looked to me. Like Fabricio was still kind of laughing that he had made kind of yeah. and just sat yeah. and wasn't quite ready yeah. for the for Duarte to. I don't do think what anybody's doing. I don't think I think I think kind of blast doubles anybody from a wrestle up and you yeah. don't know what the fuck is going. But like that's kind of a. It's I mean, a it's a large dude coming. It's a large you. dude coming through you. I just thought it was really interesting that for Fabri uh, that sorry that Kynan 
the beginning of every single one of these matches immediately comes off and scores. Yeah. And even in the finals, like it was just it's just such a different not approach from Kynan, yeah. but like Kynan will usually fill you out a little bit yeah. and then go. He scores immediately in all yeah. these matches. And then this is also the one where he I think Kynan goes for a takedown. Freaking Fabricio Andre tries to Uchimata him. Fabricio Andre tries to Uchimata but he gra- Kynan like four separate times yeah. in this tournament. But he grabs his he grabs his back at yes. one point and like rolls through, which is sort of why you don't do certain takedowns in Nogi. Yeah. If you don't have good grips because mm-hmm. they just take your back. Um, but that happens which is points and then there's a crunch sweep. There's yeah. a bunch of stuff. It was this was a great this was a great match again, but I think the best but, moment of this match was the counter Uchimata from Fabricio where he's again in the same position yeah. and you see him do the jump for the Uchimata. When yeah. the Uchimata by the way is that leg kick in the middle and yeah. then you turn them and you throw them over and you see Fabricio and I caught it in the slow-mo later. He does the traditional thing you have to do in Uchimata to prevent your back from being taken. He does it with the wizard, yeah, and then he also reaches across and he grabs Duarte's far hand and arm, yeah. in order to be able to turn him and actually get him over, yeah. So, really neat, like really great display of if you have a really good counter judo game. When we see, we've seen it from Owen yeah. before, you can leverage that to be successful in nogi jiu-jitsu. And a lot of times, people and for years, it's sort of been a a thought that oh you really can't you know implement nogi judo yeah. and you know it's because you, you need the grips you need the grips you need the grips fabricio and owen i think are kind of showing if you have a collection of techniques that you've kind of battle tested the uchimata is one of those things that you can use here um duarte does get an arm crunch here yeah takes his back gets the body triangle gets the rear naked choke but um that's sort of what we all expected to happen yeah what we didn't expect to happen was the smallest guy in your tournament by you know, 20 kilos by 10 and 20 kilos to make it all the way to the finals and put up a good match versus yeah. Kyan Duarte. He did. So it was a very good match. Yeah. It was a very impressive uh, match for him. Uh, His, the entire tournament was really impressive for Fabricio. Yeah. Really puts his stock prices up. Dude, I cannot wait. I will never miss another Fabricio Andre match. Like that dude, that dude made me. I've, I've been a fan. This whole series yeah. was like, yeah, I need to be a, I need to be a bigger fan because he's super exciting and he has a great collection of techniques that he can put together, and he's willing to go out to an open weight GP and into the finals. Yeah, like Prosper versus Andre, it was great. We had a main event match on this, which was two MMA fighters, um, Grundy versus Aljamain Sterling. Um, what's Grundy's for? Mike Grundy. Mike Grundy, and it was just a lot of wrestling. It was mostly wrestling. Uh, at one point, Sterling gets a head and arm guillotine. For a minute or two, a minute and a yeah. half, and that is the largest sequence of the match. Sterling was kind of pushing the pace, maybe a little more, yeah. um, and Sterling wins it on decision. Uh, we've talked to MMA fighters on like taking grappling super fights before. Sterling's in his prime. He's just like a month away, month out of losing the title to Sean O'Malley. Um, I... It, it's, it sometimes one, can be rough. You need one gentleman that just is willing to play guard. Yeah, so you see, we see more mat work. You this need, was a lot of. You need one that doesn't give a shit and actually do it, or you need a rule set like Combat Worlds where they are going to put one on their butt on their back. Yeah, because they tried to put him down. Yeah, they tried to put him down, but they, they just, just immediately stood up. Stood up you know, just like it's it's hard to force it when neither of them want. Yeah, do both of them are looking to wrestle, and that's that's fine. We just didn't we we saw one sequence of mat yeah. work in the entire match, and I just I would have loved to see. I would have loved to see a little less wrestling and actually, you know, 
positional work because it was it was the one sequence from Sterling that sort of takes the match and and it was great. I would love to see Sterling potentially, you know, go for another title um, and face O'Malley again. I really want to see Marab versus O'Malley. To be to be frank, I think that would be an awesome match. But um, props to Sterling in the prime of his career coming out and doing a grappling match. I yeah. do lo- I do love to see the crossover. I just wish that potentially we would have had a guy be willing to play the bottom. Yeah. Uh, but again, overall great event. I love Polaris. I love what they're doing. Uh, I love the talent they're showcasing. I think the GPs that they've been putting on this year, the women's GP I'm going to stand by is one of the best uh, GPs we've had regardless of gender. Um, but again, back-to-back women's GP and this GP are you know phenomenal. Talking about doing a 170 GP, I want to see it. Um, Polaris is putting together the, the, some of the best collections of cards on the sport. And I also love the Fight Pass interface. I think it's great. The commentary was great and knowledgeable and fun. And uh, it was a great way to spend a we Saturday are, afternoon. We are also not going to miss out on Lovato. That or is not on this card. That was on the other card? That was on the next card. Oh, fuck. Moving on. Fuck, Sorry. It's been a big week. It's going to blend. Things are blending. They, they I, was like, I was like, you better not not give Daddy Lovato his... Yeah, no, we're not going to skip Lovato's in my notes here. Okay. So moving on to who's number one, uh, Night of Champions. And it was a, it was a sure was Night of Champions. It was, it was a weekend for champions. Um, we had headlined by Gordon Ryan versus Patrick Gaudio in Gordon Ryan's quest to submit everyone that he hasn't submitted yet but still beat. Um, let's start with that match and let's move on to Lovato after that. Oh, man. Uh, this match was... Uh, we had some questions about you know how Gordon looked after illness and injury. Um, I honestly, I unfortunately don't have a lot to say about the match other than Gordon looks phenomenal. Um, Gaudio is world class, and Gordon was able to control him in both the takedowns. He hits a really nice like um, single leg, like single leg with single leg s- club like takedown smack. Yep, and the way that we've seen him doing it for a little bit, we saw him versus Pena do the yeah. same exact thing. He then controls. He does that low passing we were talking about that a lot of people were using this weekend. Yeah. Um, he controls. He prevents Gaudio from being able to get the up. knees up and gets, get, get up. to the half guard or get to yeah. really anything for a length of time. No, he gets the half guard twice. Sorry, not half guard. But but like he can't really get under. He can't elevate him. Yeah. He can't he really do can't go to any to sweeps yeah. from there. And, and Gordon stays at the range. Gordon in super fights plays a certain kind of way. Like yeah. he leans on you we know we can do it faster like we've seen him at adcc yeah. go for fast subs when he has a tournament when he has matches that he has to get to um and doesn't want to be tired later in the day or later in the weekend but for super fights he likes to lean on you he likes to make you tired he likes to positionally control and that's that's what he does for a little under i think 15 a little over 15 minutes yeah it's like 15 minutes something like that he the controls whole match was maybe 20 minutes long um he eventually passes. Yep. He gets towards the back. He does a chair sit yep. to the back. Um, the only technical thing I really want to talk about is the thing that Gordon's talking about now because he, he dropped an instructional on us, um, which is once he goes to chair sit, before he's on Gaudio's back, Gordon takes his leg. He kind of hops it up over the shoulder in a way to control the far side arm. Yep. He then hops the leg with a really interesting like backhand Kimura grip on the front side arm that he's going for. He then pops the leg over. He then, Gaudio goes to S-grip his hands together so that Gordon doesn't take the armbar that he's yeah. looking for. And Gordon shelves his leg over the arm. He then pummels the other leg over top of it. And he puts his calf and like the back of his shin 
on the top of Gaudio's knuckles. My wife actually picked this up. She yeah. goes, look, look, where, look where his leg is. I was like, oh, look at that. That's really neat. Yeah, because I thought he was going to brado plot him for Yeah. Second. And I was like, ooh. Because it he's looks really it. similar, yeah. but he didn't bring it up like he was yeah. going for the arm crunch. He put it right above the knuckles on the hand because with the S grip, you see Gordon push his leg down and like strip the hand grip away. And then he takes the arm bar and finishes the arm bar. He then opens a little a little pirate case, pulls out whiskey, and drops an arm and drops a um he had some weird ass doll in there too. Yeah, I didn't understand I didn't he had Kendall kind of roosting read maybe, the maybe, paper. Maybe it was like a Halloween thing. It know. was all theatrics and like credit to him. I appreciate that he like went for the sub and didn't look for he looked for an arm bar and didn't look for like a smother or look look for something that was higher percentage that he could drop on a, an instructional on. Um, I thought the pummeling over for the hand grip was really interesting, the way that he broke that grip and the way that he was able to control Gaudio in that position to make that transition. Again, he made Gaudio tired. He leaned on him. He waited on him. And then he was able to take that at the speed he wanted. I'm, I am impressed sort of at the glacial pace that Gordon is willing and able to control people. And that, that's not, that is in no way a negative. Yeah. That is a, it is extremely impressive to be able to control a world-class guy like Patrick Gaudio like this at this pace. Like Gordon brings you into the first gear and just rides in that gear. And no matter what you want to do to explode out of the match or get away or sweep or make offense happen, he just is able to slow you down consistently and it's tactically, we, we know why he's doing it, for him to technically consistently be able to do this, I think is really impressive. It may not be like the most interesting to watch and kind of analyze, um, but I think from a technique perspective, it's really impressive. Like he can do this to guys on the world level like Patrick Gaudio. Look at their match four years ago. Like Josh and I, when we previewed this matchup, talked about like it, it holds no relevance. It the match isn't going to look the same, and it, it didn't at all. Like this was this was an entirely different guy um, in Gordon Ryan in this match, and I think that's kind of going to be the flavor in all the rematches we see from him. Gordon's kind of on a mission now to go back and submit everyone that he has beaten, while but hasn't like, subbed while looking like Santa Claus. While looking like Santa Claus, definitely that is a uh, he yeah that, interesting color for the beard. That, that's a interesting look right there. It it is. Um, he's going against Hulk now, which is a match I'm excited for. Yeah, um, I, I don't, I un- I love Hulk. I unfortunately don't know how much different it will be. I think Hulk is a little more explosive, a little quicker than Gaudio. Yeah. Um, Hulk is strong too. Like, I think he's a little smaller know. than Gaudio though, because he's fighting yeah, 170 now in PFL. I think he is. I think he's. Too. And that's my that's my concern is that, um, but again, Gordon hasn't been able to hasn't been able he to also, submit Hulk. But I'm sure Hulk can take all the special vitamins yeah and get himself. jacked like get, AECC like jack super jack i'd love to see it but um i'm excited for that matchup it'll be cool to go back and rewatch their previous match um I, I i don't really have much more to say it's really impressive he controls him and that's the match go back and watch the arm bar uh the hand strip with a leg yeah and the way that he that Gordon is able to control Gaudio's like head and shoulders I'm pretty sure when that's, he sits if you go the who's no or you go to not the who's number one page because they don't have an Instagram, but Flow, Flow's Instagram they have it. Yeah, yeah, it's neat. It's it's really really great technique. Um, again, the the pacing that he is able to do that for me is really impressive because, like, you're forcing a guy to fight you at that pace, and it must be just 
astonishingly exhausting to do that. And that's why, again, he can take the arm bars like that or whatever sub he kind of is looking to take. Oh, yeah, he wrote it down. He knew he was doing an arm bar. And we're not even mentioning that anymore. So I think that kind of goes back to back in the day when DDS used to compete. John would give them a submission that they had to hit for the tournament. Yeah. And I think that's why they have the ability to do this is because John has made them do this for like 10 years by now. Yeah. I mean, this is the thing that Gordon and Gary, he used to make Gordon and Gary go. Oh, and I know. Like, hey, you're going to hit There was this a girl song. that would go into the tournaments. I, she was Eastern European. That's all I remember. Okay. I, I don't remember her name, but she used to, she was part of DDS. And she would always be like either in my division or the division above mine. And I, I've heard conversations where they were discussing yep. like what they were supposed to hit for, you know, a tournament. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, it's, it's a neat, it's a neat thing. Again, we didn't even mention that as a feature. Like Gordon yeah. knew he was going to hit an armbar and drop an instructional on it. it I well, I if, do if not, not know. If not, he would probably start getting pissy like he did the one time that he didn't get whatever. Versus he, Pedro, yeah, because yeah. Pedro was like put his arms to me. Yeah. He, he, he gave him credit too. He goes, yeah. he knew what I wanted. He wasn't going to let me get yeah. it, so I had to bring a truck because yeah. won this one. Yeah. Um. Again, I want to see him against Hulk, and then I would love to see Gordon against Kynan again. Uh, I think Kynan's I want, the one I want to see now. I, I want Gordon, or I want Nikki Rod. No, I want, I want Micah Galvao in ten years with all the drugs. Yeah, versus him. I'll watch that. Maybe I'll watch not the hell ten years. Maybe five years. I want, like, like, let's talk, a, let's, let's talk a, about that tournament. We need a couple drug, a uh, couple years, so we can get some good, some good drugs in him, and then get get huge, and then fight Gordon. Yeah, but yeah. So let's so. so let's talk about the next match, and let's move on to the tournament here. Um, we had Lovato taking on Rafael Lovato Jr. taking on Ricardo Evangelista. Evangelista, I think, filled in late. Yeah, he filled in late for Pedro Mourinho. Yeah, um, and then Pedro was there. Uh, Lovato wins this. Yeah. Lovato, you you break it down because you're you're. I'm a huge Lovato fan, but I think you're even a bigger I love, Lovato fan than I, I, I love am. Some some Lovato. He uh, he does what Lovato does. I can't really even explain it. He just he like. He just kind of like passes, and he passes in a way that you're like he very great technical does, analysis. He just yeah, kind of passes, but I mean, he does the most. He does very basic, like nothing is complicated. Mm-hmm. It's all some basic, uh, not not trying to be no, not ba- it's not ba- basic. It's not bad, bad basic. Yeah, it's not like bad. he does a very like bas or basic like uh, pass, and I forget which pass he does because I didn't write that down. But then he goes from like uh, a head and arm. And then he goes to the back, and then he like wiggles his legs up and gets a triangle. He just switches. He goes ah, back. I'm gonna go for the armbar. Mm, going for the triangle actually. Yeah, yeah. And then he just it's it's super fluid. Yeah. It's not at pace. He just sort of. No, but it was weird. Is like there was a little warm up period where I'm like, I don't know what's about to happen because they're both kind of fl- playing with each other, but they were both kind of moving slow. And then all of a sudden, you just saw Lovato like. Okay, this is over. Let me take care of it. Yeah, you, saw him kinda, like, you saw him kind of ramp up like yeah. he used to, and decide like mm, I'm gonna I'm gonna turn this into the next gear. And then he got he kind of got his feet under him almost. Yeah, which I think Lovato's a historic, really really good competitor. He probably doesn't need time to get his feet under him. Like no, I said. but it, he did seem like he. It took him a, a minute to like figure out. And I don't know if that was him trying to figure out like, you know, what exactly is Evangelista. Uh, evangelista going to do um or you know i i don't know but 
he does what Lovato does, which yep. is simple jujitsu, but he controls you. I and I love that they're giving him the Pedro yeah. Marino match though, because that that's a match he talked about versus. Yeah, uh, he said he's not getting any younger. He needs Pedro. What was the match he had? He beat who he beat last time. He beat somebody they wasn't supposed to beat. Forgetting um, who it was. Um, and I'm like, shit. Let me look. I'm Regardless, looking. so Lovato in the last time he was on Who's Number One was like. Basically, he gave the speech for why he's not retiring. He's like, look, I'm still in the room with Hugo and, like, all these other guys in our camp. I'm putting in the same work I was putting in. Like, yeah, I'm out of a little competition, but I'm not going to stop competing because I am here putting the it same work I was doing. It was some amazing match because I remember, I remember it was the middle of the night when this match happened, and I was screaming at the top of my lungs, like... And I was like, I'm going to wake up the entire household now because I am so happy that he just won. And it was somebody that he wasn't supposed to win against. So then he called that. So Isaac Michelle basically was the one that were kind of lining up for the next title shot versus Pedro Mourinho because he had called him out earlier in the night. And Lovato went, look, Isaac's still young. Pedro's the champion at the weight class at 205. I want to face Pedro because I'm not getting any younger and I earned it. Like, I want to go do it. Give me that matchup. And then Isaac, he can face me. He can face Pedro. Elder Cruz. Yeah, he beat Elder Cruz. Yeah. That's what it was. And that was the one I was like in my house, like screaming. So I love it was awesome. that he takes this match. They're going to give him the Pedro match because I'm like, look, man, if Lovato wants that match, he's he's earned it. He's also, isn't Sanji part of this organization or something? Yeah, he's his San- coach. Well, no, Sanji was handing out the belts when people. Were oh, yeah. Sanji does commentary so, and, and does the belts. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, he kind of has an in. Hey, man. I give mean, him an in. Give Lovato. If any guy you're going to give an in, give it to Lovato. I can't wait to see him versus Pedro. I think that's a very hard match for Lovato, but dude earned it, and I love to see Lovato. So how do you want to break this down? We have a 145-pound tournament. We have two women's title fights, and we have a 170-pound tournament. We're getting a little long already, but it's worth what? it for the evening. Where are there two women's matches? So we had we had Elizabeth Clay oh, versus okay. um yeah, okay. versus Brianna yeah. St. Marie and we had uh Rafaela Geddes versus Nathalie De Jesus. Just, let's just start at um let's start the smaller one. Forty five, right? The Maybe. women's forty five match? No, men's forty five. Oh, men's forty five. Bracket. So first match of this bracket we had Keith Kikorian. Just keep it short. Keep it short, man. <sighs> I'm, I'm not keep short, I'm man. Zach. I'm not good at it. Uh Keith Kikorian versus Diogo Hayes. Um Keith, this is I, I said I say it frequently. You see, Keith, this is I think some of the best we have ever seen Keith look, and Diogo was still able to take this yeah, match. He is still better. Like man, it is. I am just astonished at how good Diogo Hayes is. I think we can just do the entire bracket all at one time and just say that Diogo's that. pace was extremely higher than anybody else yeah his counters his jujitsu was of a higher level than everyone else for instance there's a there's a counter he hits on keith keith goes early in the match they're still fresh for a lat drop and they're going back and he goes to lat drop which is basically overhooks or from hands and you drop back and you throw them over you and diego sees what's happening and intercepts it and then almost lands in mount uncle coria it just like things like that where most other people are going to be able to, at best, with the way Kukorian's throwing this, get out of it and pull back and like not get thrown or like get thrown to the side, not be taken over. Diogo intercepts this and almost takes him out. Like that's not, that is not a thing that we see people be able to do versus guys yeah. at the level of Kukorian. Like it's not, there are very few guys that can do that. Um, he blast doubles Keith like 
a couple of times. Yeah. He gets him down. He can out-wrestle him. We know Keith is a good wrestler. We've seen him in these tournaments over all the years, yeah. like, out-wrestle people. And that's a thing that he leans into as a as a previously being a wrestler. Diogo out-wrestles him. He gets him with, like, blast doubles. He pulls a triangle, kind of reminiscent of what we see Michael Gavao hit later. Wrap it up. We have more matches to go. Wrap it up. He out-wrestles him. Period. He out-wrestles him. That's, that's, that's what ta- we take He takes the that. tournament. He's that's very he's... good. No, that's what we take from that match. Then he goes and out-wrestles Souza. Yeah, he out-wrestles. And he wins. Yeah. That is the entire tournament right there. Yeah. Basically, I mean, he wins Souza on out-wrestling and control. Yeah. Like, he controls he controls Gabriel Souza, and Souza has, has good offense, but... Especially Sousa's late also, in the match. I feel like Sousa's also one of those people that sometimes he wins by just being more tenacious than the other person. Yes. Because I've watched a lot of wins where he's not winning. He's not winning. Then all of a sudden, the end, he just freaking turns on the yeah. second gear and wins. And go back and look Diego at his... just never, he never has that point where he slows down. He just stays yeah. at a million miles per hour. So even if he does have the ability to turn that gear, it's like it doesn't matter because he's already been at that gear. Right. Yeah, he's, we see this. I think we're seeing this more and more. Is guys that can keep a pace in yeah. nogi can win because when your opponent is unable to keep the pace, they still have that technique on top of that pace. Their yeah. tech, like their technique, is not informed by they're not throwing pace at you because they don't have technique. They're throwing pace as another tool that you then have to deal with yeah. in combination with their technique, and those two things just overwhelm people. Like Baby Shark and and. Uh, Gabriel Sousa was a, was close, but especially late in the match, Baby yeah. Shark really started to take it away from Sousa. There was you know good sells back and forth, yeah. but he takes a really clean uh, a really clean match there. We also had this mat in this bracket, so Baby Shark takes the whole bracket. Is the now the one forty five pound champion. We also had uh, Ash Williams versus Gabriel Sousa in the first round of that bracket um, that let Gabriel move on. Gabriel hits a really neat knee bar off the yep. saddle. He inverts under it, and then he hips out of the way. The camera angle was great for it. Um, we mentioned on the pre-show that Ash had had both feet wrapped up. Yeah. He just did European trials, what, two weeks ago? Yeah. Or something like that. Two um, weeks ago. And did not compete for third in that. We weren't quite exactly certain why. His feet yeah. were okay. Um, he had a great match with Owen Jones that you should go back and watch, the one who actually did win the 66-kilogram yeah. trials division. Um, but... Gabriel Sousa was able to submit Ash Williams. Um, and then we have the 170-pound bracket. Yeah. The 170-pound bracket is a weird one. Yeah, okay. It's, That's... It, it gets weird. It, so Not weird, it's just it's not exactly what we wanted and more. So first round of the match, we had J-Rod versus Mika Galvao. Uh, there's an injury in the bracket. We'll get to the, we'll get to the injury, which is why okay, the, the matches are We don't have to go through this match completely. We can go very easily at that. Micah Galval out wrestled J Rod. Yeah, <laughs> like that. Basically, and, and there's like two. There are some really good sequences. There's some really good like J Rod's armbar defenses on point. Um, we have some the armbar defense is wild. We have some crazy armbar defense. Uh, remember, remember that what you saw in Quintet? Yeah, when he got a Judge Hughes armbar. Yeah, it was that again. Except Micah Galval is one of like top five in the world, yeah. and J Rod was able to do it. Still, this one I think we had a better camera angle for this one. Yeah. Because you could see exactly how J-Rod is getting out of it. He's preempting the spin down for the arm um, to basically straighten his arm out. And he's getting his arm to the side. You also mentioned that he rolls the 
an like the other way yeah to get out of this most people hitchhike one way j-rod doesn't hitchhike he rolls he, he does like a he, uh, reverse almost, bridge yeah, out he, of it almost, it's probably more wrestling kind of thing to yeah do. like Re- a tabletop almost. like a wrestling movement rather than because like most of us don't have the flexibility to go that direction no he's like spinning his hips underneath him yeah. and through and then what's impressive for me is he does it three times in a row yeah. and every time he does it and there's two times where the last time he does yeah. it the arm is kind of straight but and, he's pulling it and, out enough an easy way to explain it is when your arm is in an arm bar if you can make your body parallel with the other person your arm is not in trouble because yeah. both your bodies are parallel but you normally do that belly to belly somehow j-rod finds a way to do it back to back yeah and that's the weird one because your shoulder is in a really precarious position at mm-hmm. that point. You ever see uh, Vinny Magalhaes versus Fariser Verdum in ADCC? It's that armor defense. Yeah. Except J-Rod has a little more dynamism than it than Vinny yeah. Magalhaes. Vinny Magalhaes is really leveraging like the shoulder flexibility. J-Rod is doing that while also doing a flip three times. Yeah. Um, it's wild. He's He's got very, very good defense. He also gets out of a locked in head and arm that he yeah. keeps giving the thumbs up on. Like, he's in a head and arm. Mika Gavau is in mount trying to finish him, trying to yeah. finish him. He keeps giving the thumbs up, thumbs up, thumbs up. And then the minute Mika Gavau, after, like, what, a minute or two, goes to adjust it, j does a little bump and bridge and gets his arm free and yeah. gets out of the position. Um, there's also a fucking suplex yeah. that Mika Gavau hits when j is coming in on him. He suplexes him over. Like, Mika Gavau kept a pace here. And J-Rod looked good and got out of some good yeah. stuff, but Mika Gavau looked untouchable in this match. Yep. And then we go into Tackett and Barch. Yeah. Uh, Andrew Tackett versus PJ Barch. This was another match of I actually sent pace. you, I actually sent the group a text message when this happens. Mm-hmm. And I said, don't spoil it. Don't spoil it. Yeah. Because I was like, I think I was like a little bit behind. No, it was F them kids. Oh, Yeah. It was the Dude. FM Kids comment because mm-hmm. all these like young ass kids, man, it's the pacing they can keep. No country ridiculous. for old men. I think what Mika Gavau is 19 or 20. Andrew Tackett is 20. Yeah. Barch is 33. And J-Rod is 20, 21 or 20. Yeah, he's young. Something like that. Something like that. Tackett, Andrew Tackett keeps a pace this entire match. For 15 minutes. And Barch just can't keep up. It was unreal. And as and you see Barch towards the last like three or five minutes of the match. There's a couple times where they reset. And you see Barch like look around like, bro. You, he, he, yeah. he literally, you see him two points. The camera cuts to his face. Yeah. And he's like wide-eyed. He's like, what pace I think, I think is the this one, guy keeping? I think the one time it's because he throws him to the table. Yeah, that's that's what I'm thinking I think about. the one comment... He's a little annoyed. The one is like, you fucking just threw me into a goddamn table. Like, yeah. that's the, the look. Yeah, he looks annoyed. But he, He's a little annoyed. There, it's a three minutes, Mark. There's a thing where he looks up and you can... At least in, I may have the positions wrong in my yeah. head, but he looks like... You can see him come back to the mat. He has his hands on his knees. Yeah. And he's like, he is ready. He's in it. Like, PJ Barch is not a guy to be put off yeah, by well, a hard match. Yeah, he always kind of looks tired. Like, he's not like as bad as Leandro Lowe tired. Yeah. But he's still always has the I'm yeah, tired he has, look. He has a look, but it usually doesn't at all affect his pace. Yeah. In this match, you could see Tackett. Tackett was pushing the same pace at minute five that he was push, pushing at minute 13. And you could see he was able to slow Barch down in that Tackett was able to get deeper into the wrestling because he was out wrestling Barch, which is astonishingly yeah. very few people. I don't, I mean, 
P.J. Barch out-wrestled J.T. Torres at ADCC. You know, the two-time champion yeah, to that have... Was, that was after he was worked down by Kenta. Yeah, and after he dealt with Kenta yeah. Iwamoto in the first round. But to have Andrew Deckett come in fresh versus fresh Barch and in the beginning take Barch down two different times, yep. this was... You brought it up when we were talking about this in the pre-show. Every time... Tackett or Barch would have a sequence. There would be a counter. And then eventually it would be Barch trying to do something and Tackett being able to counter and then being able to counter again and force either a scramble or force his own positions and just be able to keep fighting longer in the scramble. And that was sort of the narrative of the match. And it was... I'm a big PG. You're a yeah. huge PG Barch fan. Yeah. It is not a way that we've I like ever seen Panther. pace implemented on Barch. Like no one, I don't recall a match. No. I've ever not seen even Cody Steele and the two of them no. beat the shit out of each other. Yeah. At trials. And Cody Steele is another guy that will yeah. break you with pace again from that Brazilian Fight but. Factory camp. But I have never seen someone be able to keep a pace like that on Barch that Andrew Tag was able to keep. It was yep. one of it was the most pre- impressive performance I've ever seen from Tackett. And then we can move on to mm-hmm. the next match. So Tackett takes it on decision. Um, and then we go into the finals, which should have been Andrew Tackett and Mickey Galvao. But Andrew Tackett hurt his back. Yeah. And so we got PJ Barch. Who, which I've heard before he's hurt his, he's had back problems. Yeah. And he mentioned time. in kind of yeah. a longer post that he's had back problems, which again, I love seeing PJ Barch. Only because his strength trainer I follow for the fact that. My back kind of sucks. Yeah, and so he his strength trainer is good. He will, he will, he's a good strength. He trainer. was, uh, if you want to hear more about him, uh, he's on the Simple Man podcast. He's been yeah. on that podcast, yeah. and he talks about Cody Steele's training, Tackett yeah. Brothers training, the back issues that Andrews had, and that was what a year ago he's on that podcast. I think so. I don't something know. like that. He talks about the issues that he's had that. and how they rehabbed his back. Yeah. Um. So it's been an issue, but Tackett beats Barch impressively. Yeah. But is injured and can't continue. So Barch. You can't have J-Rod come out because J-Rod's yeah. already gotten beaten by Micah. So you got to bring Barch out. And Barch, to his credit, man, like stepped up. Because Barch could easily go on, no, I got pulled out. Yeah. I don't have to do it. Like, no one has to do it. Barch doesn't have to do it. Yeah. But to save the show, he does it. He comes out. And so, like, huge credit to Barch to be willing to step back up and oh, yeah. take on Mickey out after that match. Who, had knows, who knows how much time they gave him either. They yeah. might, I don't know if they told him or not. Like, it could have been like he was, like, in a corner chilling and they were like hey you got to go against my guy hey Tackett, or do you want to go we want to and like and barch is not a guy that's going to say no like because yeah. he's he's on that world level like he's he's but in then, those stages but then unfortunately Ugh. it goes horribly wrong yeah they start there's an immediate takedown sequence that ends up with barch it, and i think it was i think it's an uchi and yeah. i think it's how you defend an uchi which is you face plant both of you, yep. go, you go face first, both of you at the same time, because yep. that's how you defend the Uchi. The Uchimata. And he just takes a header into the concrete. And then, oh, not the concrete, into Micah's head. He hit the, oh, the, the yeah, other, they do. They, yeah. They head, Cause oh, okay, that the was, commentary, and then they re-show it, mm-hmm. and you see them, like, the first head, angle you saw, yeah. you couldn't see, you saw Barch get up, yeah. and then immediately kind of, like, like stanky leg. You're like, yeah. ooh, that was weird. What happened? And Barch's yeah. like, give me a second, give me a second. He's like, I went out. And then he, they're like, what? And then they... They kind of give him yeah. a second, and they show the replay. And from the other angle, you can see that he just smashes his face yeah. into Micah's head. And it's like, oh, he got flash KO'd there. Yeah. But he's gangster, yeah, and he's willing to stay in it. Yeah, but you look at his facial expression. He's not. Oh, he's not with it. You he's can, not you can with tell it. That he's and not then Micah's like, fuck you. I'm going to flying arm are you now because you're then, not paying attention. Yeah, because she's got flash KO'd, and now Micah goes, cool, I'm going to pounce on this. Yeah. From the underhook, Mickey Gavow jumps under, does the armbar 
a flying armbar that you break your neck on. Yeah. Um, does it the same way, but lands it and armbars PJ Barch. Really unfortunate kind of a phenomenal ending. Really f- unfortunate circumstance for Barch. Yeah. Like to be to be. It sucks because Barch was willing to step up in that after having that really tough match with Andrew Tackett. Yeah. That, by the way, he didn't look bad in that match. No. I don't, I'm, not, I'm not sure if I made that clear. Look, he doesn't look bad at all. It was more so highlighting like yeah. how good Andrew Tackett looked versus Barch, PJ Barch looking good. Barch too. has been looking extremely good through. Oh yeah. Through the last couple matches he's had. This is, I think, this he is really the best we have seen Barch look. He really hasn't had anybody do this to him ever recently. Ever, I well, think. ever. I think I can look back to purple butt matches and like maybe then. Yeah. But like it's been seven years or more, you know, or eight years since the last time he's had a match like that. So it sucks. The circumstances suck. Um, but but Michael Grau is a champion, yeah. deservedly so. Looked phenomenal in both his matches. Uh, it just is an unfortunate kind of circumstances for the matchup. Um, I hope Barch is healthy. I would love to see him at trials. Um, I hope that he's not injured here because that would suck uh, i love watching him compete um yep so it is what it is but michael Gabbard takes that he's now the champion uh for 170 who's number one moving on to the women we have uh elizabeth clay taking on brianna stay marie elizabeth clay i would mention this earlier um i think off the off the air has a really similar game to oliver taza yeah where she will play into the legs and she will force you to defend the legs. And when you defend the legs, she's gonna she's not gonna get like set in stone that that's all she's going for. Nah, she does a little bit sometimes. She does, but she's turned it into eventually you're gonna make a mistake, yeah. or eventually you're gonna have to give her something because she's so but flexible she's she not, can get you but in. She's not like one of those people that go legs head legs head. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think if she did that, she might actually open people up because if if they I mean, think she might be going, I mean, she doesn't. I don't it's think not she like she doesn't. She doesn't needs bat. to. Yeah, she doesn't need to, but um, she definitely you know plays kind of the same game for this entire match. And then Brianna gets on back for a little bit, and then eventually Clay gets out, and then but you can't really is, get you can't really get her back. No. Like Clay is astonishingly creates, hard to get her back. Yeah, she gets like, and I was trying to figure it out because I'm like she. Yeah, it's like she somehow, and I'm assuming she pulls her arms inside of her legs, but Mm -hmm. then there's no space. Like, I was trying to, like, figure out, like, where would you put your foot? I don't know. It's really really interesting. Clay puts up a lot of offense in the early match. She defends the back from Brianna, and then it is eight-plus minutes of her heavy pressure after a sweep on top with head and arm pressure looking for an overhook wrap on the head, Guillotine arm combination and passing. Yep. And just imposing, imposing, imposing. So from the earlier sections of the match where she was going for the legs until the defense and then the sweep up yeah. from the bottom, um, you know, St. Marie had one really good collection of time there when yeah. she was passing, when she was trying to overhook the head and go for like almost a head and arm kind of pass style yeah. choke. But after that, it was Elizabeth Clay. Um, I mentioned it. Like a mount of guillotine. When I think about it, didn't she end in a mount of guillotine? Wasn't she trying to guillotine her? In the she end? was kind of trying to like yeah. guillotine her, like ha- overhead, over wrap, yeah. pass for guillotine. Okay, so then I'm completely wrong because I just said she only plays to the legs and doesn't go to the head. Yeah, she totally did. I was going to let you. I was going to let you walk it back here <laughs> as we got there. Yeah, well, okay. It's been a lot of. Matches I am wrong this again. I am wrong for the fifteenth time today. It happens. Um, Clay has now beaten in in the last like. Uh, 
18 months or something like that. Theon Davies, uh, ADCC champion at under 60 at the old weight classes. Brianna St. Marie, who she had a loss to at Purple Belt, and that was years ago. And even she mentioned in the post-fight interview, like, yeah, it doesn't matter. That was super long ago. No one cares. Yeah. They're like, who won that match? It was a Purple Belt match. And I think it's very reasonable. Like, yeah, no one cares. Brianna St. Marie, who is now the silver medalist, she's beaten Amy Campo, yes. who is the gold medalist she's at beat, plus 60. She's beat everyone. The only one she hasn't beaten is Rafael Geddes. Who was the other super fight? Event? Other super fight, and we that's who I, that's that. who I want we to see her into face that match now. now. So, <laughs> moving into Rafael Geddes versus Natalia De Jesus, um, this was we Nat- haven't seen Natalia since she uh, took out Gabby Garcia. No, we have. We have. I'm not sure if we've seen her in Nogi, okay. but we've seen we have. Oh seen yeah, her we since have seen her in Gi. Yes, okay. we've seen her in Gi. Um, she Gi and Nogi, she's gonna play lasso guard. Yeah. We watched this match again before the show, and we were going. How does she do that? Yeah, because I try to play lasso, and but I have short little legs, and I then have to defend my legs constantly because idiots try to sit back with my legs all the time. She, but she I, has like long. She, she has does long something, shins, I think. I think also what she's doing is she's playing like the lasso, like the feet up guard. Yeah, and then as you go to grab her feet, she's pummeling and she's hand controlling you. Yeah, and then so she's forcing you to have to. She's. Force, you can't sit in super close and pass with you her. You have to pull the ludicrous. Yeah, you have to. <laughs> you have to be over top of her, like it's leaned over. It's a ludicrous song, right? Yes. Okay, I thought so. you have to be in that position if you want to pass the guard. And so, and because she's controlling the hands so well, she forces you into this game in gi and in no gi. And she's able to sweep off of it. Yeah. She's able to get to Getty's back almost. She's able to get to the front headlock like two different times. And just impose and play here yeah. and can keep Gettys on the defensive. And Gettys just takes her knee and freaking tries to knee cut right through. And can't. Like everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I was just, again, I was just impressed with just how tactically Natielli yeah. was able to do this. And, and the fact that I can't think of another Nogi Lasso player in the world except for her. Uh, Marigali. Ah, different though. Yeah, but that's a different because different. He does it and then stomps down to. Yeah, yeah. he does it different. Like not the like not the Ellie does it like she's in the gi still. Well, she does it. She does it like a like a spider lasso. Yes. You know who else does that? Um, for she does master divisions now. MMA fighter uh, Nicolini. Michelle Nicolini. Yeah, Yeah. but she does. She does. She does lasso Mm -hmm. shin or lasso lasso. spider or something like that. She does. Yeah. But again, she was, she's one of the best in the world yeah. at that since ever. Nathalie takes it. She beats Rafael Geddes. Again, I thought Geddes was going to take this. We haven't seen a lot from Geddes. Wasn't really sure how she yeah. was coming in. But uh, Jesus looks amazing in this match. And I think takes it pretty clearly. Yeah. Um, and now that she's the champion for the heavyweights, for the women. So I want to see Geddes take on Clay now if she can make 45. I don't. I don't think Gettys, think can, Gettys make, can make 45. I don't think she can make 45. But no that's, way. that's not the matchup I want to see. I don't know how they make that matchup happen 65. with Clay being the champion. Um, but Amy has, be, uh, sorry, Elizabeth Clay at one point this year There's has beaten no way she's making 45. all the other champions. That's a matchup I want to see. So uh, that does it for this week. We have trials next week. No, we don't. Sorry, we have preview for trials. Yeah. I was about week. to say, there's uh-uh. Well, I'm not that ready yet. I am doing. <laughs> I am some. I am doing some media trials. Um, I got the approval from ADCC. They were kind enough to grant me credentials for media. I'll be running around like an idiot, following people around, mm-hmm. trying to make sure my people are where they're supposed to be. 
I will be just doing media stuff. If there is uh, someone that you think we should look at, we should follow, we should interview at trials, please let me know. The list is massive for trials. I have a bunch of folks that I would love to do interviews with, but if there's somebody that you think that we should take a look at, again, trials is a phenomenal opportunity. Um, with the media coverage, I want to try to tell Ooh. as many stories as yeah. possible at trials. Or come find one of us. Yeah, if you see us at trials, come say hello. I'll have the Grappling Ryan shirts there. Um, I will bring ginger. some. I'm a small ginger. Yeah. Just... Every small ginger you come across, be like, "Hey, are you Miranda?" And at one point, you'll find me. I may bring the wrapping around shirts if you want to buy one. I have some. I have some extras. Um, so if you want a shirt and you're at trials, let me know. I'll bring you a shirt. Um, I have. I figured how much they are, but I will figure it out. We'll figure it out. And uh, yeah, but we're at trials. I'm super happy to be able to do the interviews there. I love getting the opportunity to interview the athletes and talk about them and talk to them about their game plan about their preparation about, you know, going into the trials and you know into these regions. Should do, you should, you should uh, exchange it for food. I am all set. <laughs> so it'll be fun. Looking Look, forward to I that. I will give you a shirt for food. I'm, I'm, I'm no. good on food. Okay. I'm, I'm not. You can so, always feed me. I'll be fine. Anyway. So I got nothing else. Is there anything else on? I don't think so. All right. So as I was in the show, I'm your host, Maine. It's my co-host. Miranda. And we are the Grappling Ranch to the mat. What it is, stay safe. If you like the show, please consider sharing it on Facebook with the folks at your gym. It's the best way that we grow the show and we really appreciate it. You can reach out to us on email. We also have Instagram. We have Facebook. We have Twitter. We have Google+. Until that shuts down. We have a website. If you have an event you would like to have us cover, please let us know. If you have a name, like most people do, and you'd like to have us stop butchering it, let us know. Reach out to us. The show is also available on YouTube, Spotify, in addition to iTunes and every other podcast service. We very much appreciate your time and thank you.